Hi, this is Paul Manafort, the, the author of Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced, which is available for pre-sale now on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And you're listening to A Call to Rights with Steve Cates. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the exciting show that you tell us you like so much, the Call to Rights radio show. With me, host Steve Cates, heard here and around the nation on popular radio stations. And if you're a first-time listener to the Call to Rights radio show, our show is about the Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our sacred Second Amendment, and about American exceptionalism. And today, as we continue well into our 15th year, we bring to you some amazing guests. Remember, folks, the main theme of the radio show has and always will continue to be this. Always refuse to be a victim, because in our humble opinion, a victim is simply someone without options. Always fight back legally and responsibly, and one who knows that so well, one who knows the Ukraine better than anybody, it made him a political prisoner. We're going to have a special interview today with a very special guest, Paul Manafort, and his brand new book, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced, a Skyhorse Publishing book, which has been embargoed until August of 2022. And certainly, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to learn so much about that. What's the book about? A riveting account of the hoax that sent the presidential campaign chairman to solitary confinement because he wouldn't turn against the president of the United States. And a very brief bio of our special guest, Paul J. Manafort, is a political consultant and government affairs professional whose career, spanning five decades, has been devoted to furthering the interest of the United States on the world stage. As campaign chairman for Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign, Paul put into place the structure that delivered the nomination and eventually the general election for Donald J. Trump. And ladies and gentlemen, with that, it's a privilege and honor to welcome Paul Manafort to the Call to Right Show. Mr. Manafort, thank you for being here. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Steve. Well, thank you, sir. You've been through hell, and I'm saying it mildly. It's amazing, sir, the story that we're about to hear. But as a time and the tides of political change are occurring around the world, as I opened up, you know the Ukraine probably better than anybody else. Before we go into your book in detail, just give us some insight, the, the brain of Paul Manafort, about what's really going on there in the Ukraine. And what should be, listen, what should be watching here in the United States and around the world? Something what, that you might be able to enlighten us on. What say you, sir? Uh, what, well, Steve, let me, let me spend a minute and sort of explain Ukraine to you and your listeners. Um, sure. Putin doesn't know Ukraine like he thinks he does, and he's made a major miscalculation. Uh, Ukraine is really a combination of two different uh, countries. It, it, the western part is more European, Romanian, Hungarian, some Poles. The eastern part is Russian ethnics, but they're all Ukrainian. It's just you know, they come from different parts of the, of the geography. And in the, the Eastern Ukrainians, the Russian ethnics, they are very protective of their language and their culture, their heritage, and their Orthodox religion. But they are also very protective of their freedom. And they understand the difference between freedom in Ukraine, to, in a democracy of Ukraine, and yeah. freedom in the Soviet Union, and now in Russia. And they're not prepared to give up their freedom to, to Putin and his desire to recreate greater Russia uh, through any means possible. That's why he's having the resistance. That's what he misunderstood. His assumption was Russian ethics will, of course, want to be part of greater Russia. Well, 
not this greater Russia, not one where their freedoms are lost in the process. And he has shown his true colors by the way he's indiscriminately carpet bombing the country, killing women and children, pregnant uh, maternity hospitals. He's a, he is a thug of the highest caliber. And Absolutely. he certainly is reconfirming to the Russian ethnic Ukrainians that they are right to not want to be a part of, of any Putin country. Uh, it, it's And that's what's so troubling about the way Biden has mishandled this situation from my standpoint. Yes, because sir. we're talking 44 million Ukrainians about to lose their freedom. And Biden has basically invited Putin to do what he's doing. I mean, and I can't just hold Biden accountable because some of this goes back to Obama. When Obama was president and Biden was vice president, you know, Putin was able to take over Crimea with no consequence. He was able to take over eastern Ukraine with no consequence. And then under Trump and, and, he, and, and Obama gave no weapons at all to Ukraine during that time frame. He, he gave them weapons and MREs. That was it. Wow. Uh, under Trump, Trump immediately put uh, sanctions on the Nord Stream pipeline. He refused. He started giving lethal weapons, that, that, which is what the Ukrainians are using today to defend themselves. And there was not one part of the Ukraine that was put at risk. But when Biden became president, literally the same foreign policy team of Obama became part of Biden's government. Different chairs, but these same people. Putin saw this. He saw Biden take away uh, American energy independence. He saw Biden approve the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is Russia's strategy to enslave Europe to, to their energy, and oil and gas. Uh, and then he saw the way he botched Afghanistan, and he said, okay, now's the time. And he moved in. And, and when Biden talks tough about what he's doing to put pressure on Ukraine, it's, it's not true. I mean, yes, he's, he has sanctioned the banks that deal with the credits on oil credits on some sales. But you know when those sanctions start? June 24th. June wow. 24th. Not March 24th, June 24th. Didn't I mean, know that. So Biden, yeah. Putin is sitting there saying, yeah, this is, they can scream and holler all they want, but I'm going to take the country over. And, and nothing is getting in his way. I mean, we've got to arm the, the, the Ukrainians because, as I said, they're running out of the lethal weapons that, uh, that uh, Trump put in. Biden could have been doing this for the last year, but he wasn't. Yeah. Why? Because he didn't want to upset uh, uh, Vladimir Putin. He thought that he could convince Putin not to do what Putin was clearly going to do and, th and was saying he was going to do. He was not listening to Putin. Very uh, well and, said. And now we've got to, yeah. now we've got to get the, the weapons in through whatever means we can. We should have approved the MiG deal. The airplanes, we, should be, we shouldn't be giving Biden uh, uh, Putin control of the air. There's a, an airplane, a MiG, is no different than a Javelin. If, 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 Putin, if Biden exactly. can rationalize Javelin missiles, he can rationalize MiG planes. Um, and when Putin, Putin says he's not happy about it, so what? Putin is killing innocent people. He's trying to change the world order. And if he gets away with it, he will, because he won't stop at Ukraine. Well, I mean, you're right, Mongolia, and i got to ask you this. Georgia, what, there's Estonia. Yeah, talk, talk to us about the resilience of the, you know, the Ukrainian people. I mean, this is incredible. It's like a modern-day revolutionary war when we were fighting against the British, but What's so special? You know the Ukraine probably better than anybody here. What, what's a, about the Ukrainian mindset? I mean, they're going to fight to the death to keep their country, as they should, but describe that. I mean, maybe we don't understand that as Americans. How well, I mean, the, 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 the Ukrainian people are very passionate people. Uh, the Ukraine is a very important country. It's, it's the biggest country in Europe. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when it becomes a part of Europe, a lot of which work I did to help that uh, help that get organized. Um, and but it's the breadbasket of Europe. I mean, when, if Ukraine go, you know, what will happen is is Putin will have control over the main agricultural suppliers of Europe for Europe uh, in, in Ukraine. Uh, it has it, there, there's a there are a number of nuclear power plants that export uh, nuclear energy. There's enough. Uh, there's some mineral mineral resources, uh, yeah. lithium, uh, uh, there's some microchip uh, uh, minerals that are important that are mostly found in Ukraine. So there's strategic things in Ukraine that are important. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Paul Manafort here. His, his brand new book, which will be coming out in August of this year, 2022, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced, the Skyhorse Publishing Book, and Paul, this is incredible. I mean, when I primarily talk about the Ukraine, but I got one quick question on the Ukraine, and then I had a few other questions for you in our short interview sure. today, and hopefully we can talk to you more when the book comes out. But I want to go your crystal ball look at this. I mean, obviously Putin's gotten his butt kicked over there. The Ukrainians are going to continue to fight. You're right. There should be none of this area where there's, uh, you know, there, there should be control of the air, and it shouldn't be because of Russia. But give us your crystal ball look at this. I know that's an insane question. Putin's threatening nuclear, you know, terrorism somehow, some way. What do you, what do you see as the end game here? If you look into the future, I, I'd just be curious. Well, there's no end game with nuclear power. I don't believe that at all. I think he's okay. bluffing in as, as, a, as a man who's losing the battle normally would. I do believe that if we let him get away with the carpet bombing and the destruction of the country, that he will possess it, but he, he will not control it. Uh, and if he thought Afghanistan was bad for the Soviet Union, this will be the ultimate nightmare uh, for for him, because the Ukrainian people will not give in to his totalitarian ways. They won't. They won't accept his control. Uh, and and he certainly isn't enamoring himself to the people when he's destroying literally their homes and bombing their apartments and their churches and things like that. So the end game. Uh, in the in the in the you know in the case where the Ukraine loses their freedom, is uh, a constant war, uh, yes. and into a revolutionary war, uh, he will Putin will he will then then it'll be up to the West. Do we keep the sanctions on? Do we make life so miserable for him that he can't possess a a, a Ukraine in revolt and have his whole country shut down financially? That means he's going to have to deal with India. That means he's going to have to deal with China. Things that, again, we should have been sure. dealing with for the last year, but we haven't. Uh, and you know, these were natural outs. Putin's been dealing with it for the, actually for the last number of years because it, it's pretty apparent that if, that if we were going to sanction him, he had to have other outlets for his, his, his basically his energy uh, production because that's all you, you, Russia has. Russia's a third world country. Uh, you know, it's a, a nuclear power, but it's a third world country. If you shut off the oil, the country com- completes standstill. If you shut off the economic system from the world economic system, and you don't allow him to replace it with the Chinese uh, financial system, exactly. he, he's he's done. And uh, and that's what we should be doing right now. Uh, but we have to give the Ukrainian people tools they need to keep their fight going. Well, Paul Manafort, you're a great guest here today on the Call to Rights show, talking about freedom and talking about our Constitution, our Bill of Rights. And if I may, with your okay, just shift the gears back to the things that have happened to you in your life. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know the story of Paul Manafort, he was given a full pardon by President Donald J. Trump. 
But the story goes deeper. As you know, and I mentioned to you off-air, sir, we've had Roger Stone on my program for many, many times. And you and, uh, and he and, and what, Mr. And, and some of the other people were involved, what, in, in a firm back in Washington, D.C. for years, so you know him well. But the point I'm trying to bring up here to the audience, I don't think anybody understands this unless they've been, things, been through things like yourself. You're indicted. Then there's a gag order, not only on you, but also on Roger. And you fought the gag order, and then you're put in prison. I mean, what happened to American justice here? And uh, you're the guy who lived this. Tell us a little bit about that story. And I know it's well. That's that's exactly right. I mean, from day one. I mean, John Durham's investigation is starting to connect the dots with some of his indictments. Right. I believe there's more to come. Uh, and, but you can see the roadmap. There was Russian collusion in 2016, but it was the Clinton campaign, the Obama administration, oh, yeah. the Russians, and the and the Ukrainian government before this one uh, that were uh, were colluding to try and defeat Donald Trump, uh, and and Durham's indictment show it. I mean, he uh, he he shows how Clinton's law firm didn't report it on the FEC, which is a violation, by the way, never been been brought forward, uh, and they hired Christopher Steele to get dirt on Trump and me and others in the campaign. Yep. Steele hired a Russian national, Igor Dovchenko, who's been indicted as well, uh, for to go out and get dirt on Russia and on Trump. Where did he Where did he go? He went to Russia and hired Russians to find dirt on Trump and me. He found nothing. So what did they do? They created the Steele dossier, which was totally debunked within a short period of time as being a bunch of falsehoods and lies. Exactly. Uh, and was by the way, even under Deputy Director Andy McCabe's. Uh, testimony was the predicate for the Mueller the, uh, uh, special counsel being appointed. So in other words, they knew the Steele dossier was, was false, and they used it to create a special counsel, which then exceeded his authority to go after people, uh, including Roger Stone and me, to get us to accept their narrative on the campaign and Donald Trump, which was a false narrative, uh, but they were trying to get Donald Trump, they were trying to destroy his, his, his uh, presidency. And, uh, and in that process, they indicted me. Uh, they stuck a gag order on me so that I couldn't respond to the leaks, the, the almost daily leaks coming out of the Justice Department uh, and the special counsel's office that were anonymous source making allegations which were not true. But uh, by the time of my, my trial, I was, I was a villain in my own mind. It was so bad uh, based on the headlines. Um, and I couldn't defend myself you know, other than exactly. through the motion process which was very limited. Uh, and then when, when they realized that my bail package, which was $10 million, more than John Gotti had to pay, when he was a hell of a lot of money, right? Uh, yeah. And they knew I didn't have $10 million, but they put that on me. Uh, and when I finally was able to, through friends, able to assemble a package that I was going to be able to get out and at least start meeting with people. Cause I was in home confinement, uh, under the gag order. They then, created a false case of, of witness tampering on a witness list that didn't exist and to a witness I didn't talk to. And they threw me in solitary confinement for a year. Wow, uh, I have no idea what that's like, sir. Solitary confinement. I mean, you describe it in a Hannity interview that I was looking at just the other day. What, it's an 8-foot by 10-foot uh, room with no, with no windows, right? I mean, God bless you. How no hell, windows. How the hell does no anybody windows. survive that? No windows at all. The door had a little slot for uh, for the tr- food tray to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the walls were concrete walls. The bed was a concrete bed, uh, steel commode, and a sink. Mm-hmm. And I was out allowed one hour a day to take a shower, Jeez. and that was it. 
And the only way I was able to connect to the outside world was uh, through a, a, a 1960s type of Sony transistor radio really? that allowed, allowed me to get AM radio and listen to conservative talk radio. Uh, and uh, between you know, trying to prepare for my trial and keeping connected through this transistor uh, and my faith and family, I made it through. Wow, it's a powerful story, and the book is going to be even more powerful again. We're speaking today with Paul Manafort, no stranger to the media in this world. And ladies and gentlemen, a brand new book coming out that's embargoed on purpose until August of 2022, entitled Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced, from Skyhorse. And, and Steve, it's, yes. it's embargoed, but you can, get, you can pre-order it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble's or Simon oh, okay. & Schuster's websites. Well, again, I used the cho- for wrong choice of words there, but I just want to keep it so that people do know how to get it. And of course, wherever good books are sold, as you just mentioned, by going to Amazon. You know, this is amazing. So obviously, the bottom line here is, it's really Andrew Weissman, the prosecutor, more so than Robert Mueller. I mean, you describe, tell me how accurate this is. I mean, I'm just listening to the interviews and and, and watching these television interviews with you. Obviously, Robert Mueller, there's some, I don't know, speculation, maybe you know better, that he wasn't as cognizant in this whole thing as maybe he should have been or could have been because of age or what have you. Maybe like a Biden's uh, type of uh, syndrome, but what? It was mostly Prosecutor Andrew Weissman that was trying to uh, hit hit you with the sledgehammer. Is that fairly accurate? Yeah, it, it was Andrew Weissman. It wasn't well. Well, I, I talk about the limited exposure I had to Mueller during the course, which, which was a one-time exposure, and it was clear he didn't even know who I was. Now, mind you, I could walk down the street anywhere in Washington; they knew who I was yes. um, because I had so much notoriety from the bad publicity. But literally. Walking down the corridor at the office of the Department of Justice, he saw me and he didn't know who I was. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, uh, so the bottom line here is no equal application under the law. And this is what I think is not just in your case, but it goes, what, broad, a broad stroke of the brush all over this country today. In all, in all fairness, what the hell's happening to justice in America from Paul Manafort's side of the equation? We need to hear that. Well, and I... I talk about that in the book. I mean, you know, the, you know, Merrick Garland, uh, calling parents from terrorists for going to school board meetings and, uh, and looking at conservative foundations, tax statuses and things like that. That's the same kind of thing that, they, that I was exposed to. Uh, they, they came after me with similar, you know, uh, Gestapo tactics and, uh, they don't, they don't treasure our, our, our constitutional rights. They treasure power. And to them, the end justifies the means, and the end for them is 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 holding power, and any means to do that is acceptable. And so they will violate my constitutional rights. They'll create narratives that are untrue and come after us, and it's sad, and it's dangerous, yeah. and we we need to do something about it. And uh, yeah, part of it is is the people, but part of it is the the media as well, because they have allowed this this philosophy. To 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 grow and 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 be nourished uh, by the support with the headlines and the stories that the targets to think with us. And, uh, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Well, Paul Manafort, just a few more minutes with you today, and I appreciate your time on the Call to Rights Radio Show. Many people, I'm sure, will get a lot of information out of this. And again, his book, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, but Not Silenced, available to pre-order on Amazon or places that other good books are sold the official hard copy coming out, and others into August of 2022. I didn't come up with this statement that I'm going to make, but I want to get your take on it. I think as a radio host here, and 
just a regular person myself, too, that votes and wants to see America succeed through all this tumult that we have in division. I say this, the main threat to democracy in our constitutional republic is the demonization of debate. Paul Manafort, you can't say anything anymore, the other side, no matter what it is. I mean, it should be just equally available if you have a, a, a liberal person up on stage, but let them talk and let the conservative side go. But now today, it's what? The demonization of debate, I think, is, is really the cancer on not just this country, but the freedoms of people around the world. What say you? I think it's exactly right. Freedom of speech and freedom of assembly to express our, ourselves is, is fundamental to our constitutional rights. And uh, you know, the fact that they're putting people in jail for j- attending a rally on January 6th is outrageous. Yeah. The fact that uh, they're arresting parents for speaking at the school board meetings is outrageous. Uh, and and it will bring our country down. I mean, I can only imagine Putin sitting there watching the suppression of debate. I must think when he says, why are they telling me that I have to let my dissidents talk when they don't let their their regular people talk? Exactly. And I, well, I don't have an answer to that. Well, one last question or two here, and I know the time is limited for you, too, but I want to just go on to this, back to the Ukraine. The mainstream media describes you as a kingmaker in the Ukraine and that you're teaching the Ukrainians how to win elections. That part, I think, is fairly true. But talk about this, the election of the president, and I hope I have it read. Yanukovych, is that correct? The Former president. That's very good. You got it perfect. President. Exactly how you pronounce it. Now, yeah. there was another example of the media. You know, when they when they, these these rumors of Russian collusion and this narrative of me being the Russian link were first put out there, I, I would tell people just look at what I did in Ukraine because in Ukraine, yes, I elected a, a, Democrat, a uh, president who was from Eastern Ukraine, who was ethnically Russian uh, heritage. Um, and I did that because I had a commitment from him that he would do what was necessary to bring Ukraine into Europe. And I felt at the time, and this is why I got involved in Ukraine, that it was very important for Ukraine to be part of Europe because of the geopolitical importance of the country. And I also felt that like Nixon was the only one who could open up China, mm. we needed somebody from Eastern Ukraine to open up uh, Ukraine to Europe. Or otherwise, the inside revolution would be what you're seeing today. Um, and and we over the three years of his presidency, we uh, we and it's all public record. We changed the rules, we changed the laws, we changed the regulations, we changed the economic system, all working in very close coordination with the European leaders. And I go into this in much more detail in my book. Sure. But the point is, this is all public information. There's nothing I'm telling you that was backroom going on, and they, it was ignored. It was ignored. Why? Because it didn't fit Weissman's narrative of Russian collusion. So they made my guy into a puppet of Putin, Putin, which he wasn't at the time. They made me into the link to to Moscow through Ukraine, which I never was. In fact, I used to have security when I was in Ukraine because people were worried about about my safety because of Russia. Uh, And and again, I get into this in the book, but the, the, the fake narrative in order to promote their fake uh, collusion was was just outrageous. And the media, this is where I, and I had a lot of friends in the media who I thought would just tell the truth because they knew this still my story, but they didn't. Well, it was very disappointing. Well, Manafort, it's a great, uh, great to have you here. I hope we can do this in the future when the book comes out. We'd love to do a much more lengthy interview and talking about current situations and hopefully cooler heads prevail in the Ukraine. But who knows? Again, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Manafort, our special guest here, a book that you can pre-order. 
Entitled Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, but Not Silenced, Skyhorse Publishing, the hard copy available, as we're talking about, in August of 22. He stood with the president. Yes, he was pardoned. And yes, in his opinion, he tells the truth. I'll end this interview, if you don't mind, sir. Just stay on the line for a few moments after we conclude this interview, just for a quick moment as we go to the hard break at the bottom of the hour. Yes, the Latin phrase, I'm sure you know it, Paul Veritas, Bose Liverbeat. What does that mean in simple English, ladies and gentlemen? The truth shall set you free. Paul Manafort, you've been through hell. and I certainly appreciate your time here, and let's get people to read your book and learn about what really happened. Obviously, the weaponization of intelligence and so many other things, phony FISA warrants, the non-Russian collusion that's been exhibited out here and proven many times over. Paul Manafort, I thank you for being a guest here on the Call to Rights Radio Show. And that concludes this edition of the Call to Rights Radio Show, a show about our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, and our sacred Second Amendment. The motto and theme of the show has always, will, and continue to always be this. Always refuse to be a victim. Simply fight back legally and responsibly. And Paul Manafort is doing that. Thank you, Mr. Manafort. Thank you, Steve.